to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, you know it's fall when people are starting to get the flu. What's interesting, though, because I'm getting a little bit of a cold, but uh, what's interesting about the flu is you're not hearing about these flu shots anymore. And I, I was saw this post on Twitter, and I was like, yeah, that, that's true. You don't hear anything about the flu shot anymore. So you wonder, you know, what they've been doing all these years. Why why, why are things different post-COVID now? You know, it is interesting that uh, um, things are starting to un- unravel with respect to... Uh, we're, we're learning more. We're learning more about the damages. But the CDC is finally acknowledging that the VAX status has zero to do with transmission. Families have been destroyed. Some members refusing to see others who aren't fully vaccinated. Aunties who've not met nieces and nephews. Grandmas who haven't met grandchildren. Thanks, CDC government. So the summary of recent changes updates as of September 23rd, 2022. That's just a few days ago. Um, They said, uh, update to note that vaccination status is no longer used to inform source control, screening, uh, testing, or post-exposure recommendations. So I guess they're admitting that they're wrong. Billions, if not trillions, well, trillions of dollars of economic loss, billions of dollars spent on these globalist-supporting pharmaceutical companies like Big Pharma, like uh, Pfizer and Moderna, who sit at the boards at the Davos meetings at the World Economic Forum talking about how to reduce population in the world. Yet they're the ones putting this jab into your arm. And more and more, they're finding, uh, 
with these pathological reports, uh, pathology. Um, when they uh, do autopsies of the people dying, they're seeing more and more evidence of uh, metals in, in your uh, system that they've never seen before. So I'm really glad that I did not get the vaccine. You know, I uh, was pressured to do it, and I didn't do it. Um, Dr. Malone uh, had some uh, gave a report that we're going to be listening to here. Dr. Malone is one of the pioneers of the vaccine, of the mRNA vaccine. Let's take a listen to what Dr. Malone has to say uh, with regard to this. We're also going to be talking today about uh, Georgia Maloney, but let's, uh, let's take a listen to this. Not adequate to only consider the short-term adverse events as related to the vaccine. We must acknowledge that the genetic COVID-19 genetic injections cause far more harm than good and provide zero benefit relative to risk for the young and healthy. They do not reduce COVID-19 infection, which is treatable and not terminal. Furthermore, the most recent data demonstrates that you are more likely to become infected or have disease or even death if you've been vaccinated compared to the unvaccinated people. This is shocking to hear, but it is what the data are showing us. The data now show that these experimental gene therapy treatments can damage your children as well as yourself. They can damage your heart, your brain, your reproductive tissue, and your lungs. This can include permanent damage and disablement of your immune system. No wonder we can't sue them, right? They, they made sure that that clause was in, in there, right? You can't sue them. But they can make money, but you can't sue them. They could take your money, but they, you can't sue them. No, it was never free. This was never free. You paid for it out the nose through your tax dollars. And we're still paying for this debt. This debt that was controlled by our government. And now, because things are happening the way they are, the New York Police Department... For those who lost their jobs, they're mandated now to get their jobs back. How do you like that? That's kind of that says it all, doesn't it? To me, that says a lot. It was two weeks to flatten the curve. Masks prevent infection. Vaccines prevent infection. Boosters prevent infection. Men can't get pre- men can get pregnant. Chopping children's breasts and genitals save lives. And now, with Stacey Abrams' most recent, unborn babies don't have heartbeats. This is what, this is the party that's in charge right now. And they're in charge of the illegal aliens. Um, You know, here's another thing. DOJ, 47 in Minnesota's Somali community charged with stealing $250 million in COVID-19 funds from Child Nutrition Program. How do you like that? It just never ends, right? The corruption never ends. It just never ends. 
And this is what we're forced to, de- to deal with. And, and again, you know, you have to ask the question. Your brothers and sisters, your friends who are Democrats, why in the world are they voting for this? What has happened to their head? And I have a report that I'm going to play for you that's kind of interesting because it's all part of a PSYOP. We're going to listen to a KGB expert talk about this in in a moment. But uh, New York City ordered to reinstate all cops fired over vaccine mandates. So that's Manhattan Supreme Court Justice Lyle Frank said the city's vaccine mandate was invalid to the extent it has been used to impose a new condition. So that's good news. We're going to I think we're going to see a lot of this. We're going to see a lot. All right. So I want to play this uh, clip. This is uh, quite interesting. All right. So stage one, demoralization. Stage two, destabilization. Stage three, crisis. Stage four, normalization. So there, this is from the 70s. This is where how the KGB came to power. And it's quite interesting. Let's take a listen to this. And he did this at great risk to his life. He certainly is one of the world's outstanding experts on the subject of Soviet propaganda and disinformation and active measures. Well, you spoke several times before about ideological subversion. That is a phrase that uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. When uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne мероприятия in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, Actually, it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized 
is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials, economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense, an economy, uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis to promise people all kind of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with uh, benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. Your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, the, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. But they may turn into the most bitter enemies of Marxist-Leninists when they come to power. And that's what happened in Nicaragua. You remember most of these uh, former Marxist-Leninists were either put to prison or one of them split and now he's working against Sandinistas. It happened in, in uh, uh, Grenada when Maurice <coughs> Bishop was, he was already a Marxist. He was executed by, by a new Marxist who was more Marxist than this Marxist. Same happened in Afghanistan when uh, first there was Taraki, he was killed by Amin, then Amin was killed by Babrak Karman with the help of KGB. Same happened in, in Bangladesh when Mujibur Rahman, very pro-Soviet leftist, was assassinated by his own Marxist-Leninist military comrades. It's the same pattern everywhere. The, the time bomb is ticking with every second. The disaster... There it is. Um, it gets cut off right there. That was Yuri Bezmenov. 
And I believe that was from the 80s, actually. And uh, we're seeing that play out right before our eyes. You know, it got to got to the point where, you know, I was thinking to myself, and I say this a lot when I'm out with friends, I'll say, listen to the music we're listening to. You know, if we're at a restaurant, listen to the listen to that song. And I was like, oh, that song's from the 70s. That, that song's from the 80s. That song is from the 90s. They don't even make music anymore. Movies. You know, we used to get movies like All the President's Men, Kramer versus Kramer, The Marathon Man. You know, all these dramas and all these great movies. You know, Rocky, Godfather, right? All these wonderful movies. And they don't make those movies anymore. Things have changed so dramatically. Like, you know, the music that I listened to as a kid was the same music my father and mother, uh, my parents, listened to. It's the same exact music. Casey Kasem would run down the 40 and the top 40, and it was that. Now, today, I don't even know what they're playing. We're separated. The, the, uh, the uh, generations have been really separated to the point where you go into a restaurant, they don't play today's music. They can't. It's not James Taylor anymore. It's not Dan Fogelberg. It's not, you know, Jim Croce. You know, it's nothing. It's, what is it? It's, 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 it's all kinds of crazy music. We're not, we're, we've been separated from our generations through music and entertainment to the point where it's just it's not the same. So listening to Anthony Mackie talk about the movies today, it's kind of interesting because I think it's somewhat has something to do with what Yuri Bez- Bezmenov just told us about the four stages. Mr. Bezmenov. Uh, uh, let's see, right here. Was born. Is uh, demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and normalization. We're being conditioned. We're, being, we're in the middle of a psyop and we don't even know it. And the reason why I brought up the Democrats and why they vote the way they do is because I think they're weak in the mind and they're snowballed. They believe everything they hear and read. They're not skeptical enough. They don't do their own research. They believe what Don Lamont or Chris Como or Matt Lauer tell them to believe. And I, I just, I can't get over how weak-minded they are. But that's, that, that has got to be the answer. To, to, to just accepting not being informed. But Anthony Mackie says this. Going to the movies used to be an experience. It used to be a family affair. It used to be an event. Whereas now, you know, if people will go see movies just because they said it's going to be number one. And everybody know the movie's bad. You went to go see the Stallone movie. You went to go see the Schwarzenegger movie. Now you go see X-Men. So the, the, the evolution of the superhero has meant the death of the movie star. And that's the fear now, because you're now making movies for 16-year-olds and China. <laughs> and that's it. You think of some of your favorite movies growing up, those movies wouldn't get made today. 
Goonies. So, you know, what what also is interesting about that is automation. You know, Andrew Yang kind of had something right about that. I don't agree with, you know, I don't accept it. I don't want it. I don't like it, what he said. But I have to somewhat agree with part of what he said. What he said was that whether we like it or not, we're going to end up in a world of automation. But what he didn't say is, in part, it's going to be because of bad economic policies. These bad economic policies, what do I mean by that? Well, I, what I mean exactly is, you know, basically when Biden took office, inflation was 1.4%. Gas was $2.39 a gallon. Dow Jones was 31188 Today, the inflation's 8.3%, not 1.4%. The gas prices are $3.73 a gallon, not $2.39. And the Dow Jones is under 30000 It's 29260 Just took another loss yesterday. Not 31188 when he took over. So... You know, it says Democrat Party agenda, infrastructure. Uh, let's see. Um, well, it's just basically it's it's just nightmarish. You know, I was reading this meme, but uh, it's uh, it's just bad economic policies that are causing uh, the conditions that we have. We make decisions based on these things, and it's it's also made by, made by corruption. But what we're dealing with today is absolutely, uh, you know, we're not supporting it. Yet these people that are in charge, like the globalists that are ruining the world, they're ruining the world and they keep getting elected. But really, they're not even representing the people. They're sort of conditioning the people to think more like them, to keep them in power. And like that Russian said, the KGB guy, he was basically saying that people people aren't supportive of this. They're being conditioned and they're being groomed. We're being groomed and conditioned to buy electric vehicles. Why? Because it makes Hunter Biden rich. That's why. It helps China. China is exploiting the Biden corruption and basically saying, We'll, t- t- we'll hitch our, our, our wagon to your brand and you'll make things happen for China. And we'll make you rich. And that's, in essence, what happened. The Biden crime family sold out America to get themselves rich. And that is a sad, sad state of affairs right there. And, uh, you know, we have a guest right now that we're going to be taking on. Her name is Terza Doran. She is a policy analyst for the American Consumer Institute, and we've had her on the show once in the, once before. Uh, Terza, welcome back to the Scott Adams Show. Thank you for having me again. All right, so we're going to be speaking just about this. Uh, you know, when Biden took office, inflation was 1.4%. Gas at two thirty nine a gallon. Dow Jones thirty one thousand one eighty eight. 
Today, the inflation's 8.3%, gas $3.73 a gallon, and the Dow Jones is under 30000 What's going on? Well, there's a couple things that are going on, and the organization that I work for, the American Consumer Institute, put out a report a while ago discussing how the government spending has really created um, a demand pool type of inflation. But then on the flip side, and this is the side that consumers probably feel a little bit more, the increase in energy prices have really increased costs throughout the entire supply chain and really pushed all the prices up. And as you can see, that's still a problem, 8.3% inflation. While it hasn't been a super high increase from month to month, um, when you look at where we were last year, that's still a really high increase. And energy is one of the prime drivers of that. Overall inflation is 8.3, but energy is at 23.8 compared to where we were last year. And that's a huge difference. We're going to feel it when we heat our homes this winter, aren't we? And it's not getting any better either. Um, You know, uh, I I don't think we're going to feel the pain even at the pump until uh, oil companies. uh, Right now, I think we're suffering from speculators. Um, But I really think that, you know, by not signing new leases, by not developing in the Keystone Pipeline, um, you're also seeing um, attacks, uh, potential attacks on, say, the Nord Stream Pipeline. It's it's, uh, taking a beating right now. And and, uh, the Kremlin is saying it very well could be under attack. I think we're we're going to be seeing even more oil shortages uh, going into the future. Uh, because uh, I think in, in large part the globalists want to push electricity for a lot of different reasons. Um, but certainly it's, it's, it's uh, going to impact uh, uh, heating prices and increase inflation even further. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, when you look at what we're looking at right now. So there was a slight dip in the cost of energy. And I think a lot of people are are possibly a little bit too excited about that slight dip. But you are correct. A lot of that is from speculation. A lot of that, most of that can actually be contributed to the recent decline in um, crude oil prices, which is largely due from fears of recession, also decreased demand coming from China as they're battling some surges in covid And then also the really high pricing that has reduced a lot of domestic demand. And what we see is that we're not shifting away from the policies that really got us in this position in the first place. When you look at the Inflation Reduction Act, it doesn't do a lot to address one of the main drivers of inflation, which is the high energy prices. Instead, you see it subsidizing Um, the green energy industry, and you also see it imposing tax and fees on kind of the non-politically popular energy creating industries, which are the industries that actually create most of our energy that we need to live. And so when you see that, you don't see the shift away from the policies that got us in this position. Instead, you see the same kind of song and dance where they're villainizing traditional energy, and they're really trying to prop up this green energy, which frankly just cannot meet our current needs. You're right about China and their demand. They were in a COVID night, uh, COVID lockdown that was reducing China's demand on, on fossil fuels. Um, that's one. And number two, uh, the American consumer was just not able to afford the gas, and they were buying much, much less gas and, and oil. 
And uh, that inc- decreased demand somewhat. But now that China is getting back on, you know, online and, uh, you know, Americans are still going to have to continue to buy gas. Um, yeah, you're going to see demand go up, especially as oil becomes more and more scarce. The other part, you know, well, you mentioned the Inflation Act, uh, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is really an oxymoron. It's going to increase inflation for sure. Anytime you print money and you throw it into the economy, um, that just devalues the dollar and it causes more inflation. And and the Fed, you know, I'm I'm surprised the Fed is not speaking up loudly in against uh, the type of policies that Biden is signing off of, whether it's the student loan forgiveness, printing of cash, or whether it's the inflation reduction, printing of cash. But Byron Doug, uh, Byron, I think it's Byron Douglas, a Florida congressman. He he uh, he said something very important uh, that I think you'll agree with, and maybe you can uh, go into a little bit further detail. And he basically said that the problem uh, with the supply chain and and the uh, the supply and demand is that when you put money into the economy and people are given money and then they they make a choice, I can make the same amount of money working twenty hours as I I used to when I worked forty because I'm getting a government supplemental check or something like that. Um, they're still consuming the same amount. Their consumer, their consu- their purchasing power is the same, but their contrib- contribution to the actual pr- productivity is less because there's less people working. So you have more people spending the same amount of money, if not more, less people working in the supply chain aspect of things, and that creates a, a kind of like a uh, stress on the supply-demand relationship? Well, talking about the money that the government has pulled or pushed into the economy and how that pushes inflation is very established. That is 100% correct. Um, We talked about it from the ACI's report. And also when you're talking about the supply chain stress, which I think is really important, whether it's coming from labor or whether it's coming from the increased cost. I think when people talk about a lot of the energy costs, they talk about the pain at the pump. But what I don't think it's talked about enough is how energy is a primary input at every step of. I think we lost you. Um, Can we still hear you? And we may have lost Terza. Maybe she can call back. Terza? Yep, we, we, we lost Terza. Um, I was going to ask her uh, some other questions about uh, the American Consumer Institute and what, what uh, steps they're taking to uh, help uh, improve this situation. Hopefully she'll call back and we can get an answer to that as well. But um yeah the economy is 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 uh is really bad and people aren't signing up for this. And uh, you know one of the indicators to me that uh Joe Biden uh oh, here we go. Okay, all right. Here, <laughs> that's Terza. Terza. Welcome back to the Scott Adams show. And we seem to be we seem to be having some de- technical difficulties. Let's see. Terza, can we hear you? 
Okay, we're gonna we're gonna um, leave it there. We had some technical difficulties here. Sorry about that, folks. But um, one of the telling tales that uh, I think internally uh, the Democrats are going to suffer some big losses. I think is the planned meeting that Biden now has with Macron. He has a meeting set for December first. And I think that they established that meeting. They set up that meeting to to go over their new strategy of basically running a government where they're not in charge. You know, it's hard to be a president when you don't have the House and the Senate. And that's, in essence, what happened to Macron. He lost his parliament. He lost control. His party is no longer in power or in charge. So he's really just sort of a puppet figure. You don't hear much about Macron anymore. He doesn't carry that much muscle. You know, and uh, Sweden, uh, they just elected an anti-immigration candidate. Of course, there's big news with Georgia Maloney in Italy. And so the, uh, the globalists have really taken a beating. You know, you have Poland already setting a great example of what conservative uh, European nation looks like. Hungary is another great example of that. And I think that more and more, um, this is going to fuel the fire of nationalism and patriotism. One of the things that, the first things that happened in Italy after Giorgio Maloney took power is they tore down the flag of the European Union and they put up the Italian flag. You know, that's the way it was in the 80s when everybody had their own flag, their own patriotism. And the Olympics were better. Sports in general were better. People cared about their country. People had a purpose. They had freedom of religion. They had their God. There was never any question. But now this globalist government wants to play God. They want to put synthetic genetics into your arm. They want to, they want to control the, every aspect of your life, whether it's your health or the population and where it should live. They're gobbling up all of our land. They're controlling our food supply. They're controlling the oil that we consume. They're controlling what we put into our bodies. There's no limit to the level of control that they want to engage and inject into you. So there's a couple of tea leaves that are spelling big trouble. Now, I wanted to find the number. I wanted to see what the polls were, what the polls were um, in Italy before the actual election. And incidentally, though, and and it's important to make a note of this, Georgia Maloney only won 26% of the vote. But but the the next person in line only won like 8%. They have this like jungle election. It's a a different kind of election. But listen to Jen Psaki talk about Joe Biden here. If it is a referendum on the president, they will lose. And they know that. 
They also know that crime is a huge vulnerability for Democrats. I would say one of the biggest vulnerabilities. If it is a referendum on the president, they will lose. If it's a referendum on the president, they will lose. What is she saying there? Obviously, we we know what she's saying. It's so clear, as clear as a bell. They know. That's why Joe Biden set up the meeting with Macron on December 1st after the election. Because he knows he's going to be a lame duck president. He knows he's going to have zero control of the House and Senate. And he knows that he is going to be investigated and his crime family is going to be investigated. And he's going to be talking to Macron about what the best steps are to take to weather that storm. That's what I believe is happening. So here's Italy. Italy, the EU flag is torn down and replaced by the Italian flag. Citizens have had enough of the economic destroying policies of the EU. And here's what it sounded like. So the guy is tearing down the European Union flag and putting up the Italian flag. I love it. Kim.com said they print money, but they can't print energy. That's a very powerful statement right there. Absolutely. Kim.com also said, In 2021, Zelensky told the majority of the Donbass population of Russia ethnicity to leave the Ukraine for Russia if they feel Russian. Now think about this for a second. Think about this. This is where their head is. Again, today's show, we're talking about mind control. We're talking about mindset so these globalists think very linear, linearly because they, they have a one-track mind toward control. So in 2021, Zelensky told the majority of the Donbass population, which is the eastern part of Ukraine, that's heavily Russian, of Russian ethnicity, to leave the Ukraine for Russia if they feel Russian. But instead, you know what they did in the Donbass region? region? Smart. Instead of leaving, the people of Donbass are voting this week for their home to, to join the Russian Federation. They're basically saying to Zelensky, we're not leaving our homeland. We're taking our land with us. How do you like those apples? How do you like that? And that's the way they should be thinking. And that's exactly what happened. The United Nations Charter states that people have the right to freely choose their sovereignty and international political status with no interference. So if the people of Donbass vote to leave the Ukraine to join Russia, then that is their absolute right. The U.S. government and its subjugated Western allies claim to be the defenders of democracy, yet they call the vote in Donbass a sham referendum, despite knowing that the vast majority of the Donbass population are of Russian ethnicity and that they have the right to self-determination, of, of self-determination. So that's what's going on in Ukraine. There was a meme I wanted to share with you, and it says 3% of the population are gay, 1% of the population are trans. So tell me again why 96% of the population 
has to have this lifestyle shoved down their throats 100% of the time? Why is that? So let's take a look, listen to this. Illegal aliens. All right. So illegal aliens contribute to American joblessness, negatively impacting the family dynamics and their communities. Let's take a listen to this. Just sort of explain the problem with what AOC is positing. And the first problem is that this correlates with the rise of more and more government centrality. So it's not capitalism. It's more and more socialism. Uh, it's moving to the left economically. Secondly, if you solve the problem with more immigrants, you continue to depress wages, leading to an endless cycle where you need, need more immigrants. Uh, and this is by design, by the way. Ultimately, what the globalists want is a heavily industrialized part of the world where people will be kept in welfare decadence, so to speak. They'll be given a little bit more than the poor people in the third world. The third worlders get breadcrumbs. Their countries are perpetually destabilized. And because people in destabilized areas tend to have five to 10 kids, there will always be more manpower to immigrate to the Western world, leading to the rise of worldwide globalistic slavery. Just putting that out there, um, it's fairly clear that that's what they want. They want people to make do with less so that the super rich can have much more, uh, so that Klaus Schwab can eat his filet mignon and have a limo fleet and private jets, and you're not allowed to eat meat anymore. You have to live in a pod, you have no future, and there's nowhere to escape, by the way. It's not like the revolutionary period where there was a huge chunk of land in the world that wasn't yet settled or fully explored. Um, everything's been settled. Everything's Every arable area has been explored. Every square inch of land that can be developed, unless you want to go into the national parks and bulldoze things, is already settled. Uh, it's already being used for some purpose. Uh, since there is nowhere to escape, they think that they have the entire world's population in the corner. This is also what wokeness is for. It's to convince you that doing this, uh, enslaving people to lower and lower standards while exploiting the entire third world for cheap labor, is actually a godsend. It's, it's the right thing to do. It's good for the world. It's nice. Well, it's not nice. It's called slavery. That's right. This is the kind of thing we've been talking about on this show for years. Um, and then here, back to COVID a little bit. Uh, this is an interesting little uh, tidbit about life insurance. Let's take a listen. U.S. life insurance companies have reported an overwhelming and unexplainable increase in all-cause deaths among 18 to 49-year-olds. Along with that, there's also been an increase in certain medical diagnoses, such as miscarriages and Bell's palsy. Here to give us her take on the new data and what she believes could be causing the rise in numbers is emergency medicine and disaster specialist, Dr. Kelly Victory. Dr. Victory, good morning. Great to talk to you as always. Good morning, Jason. Thanks for having me. Okay, we want to make sure that anytime we talk, we want to make sure the information that we have is accurate. So let's start this interview by telling us, I've, I've seen your correspondence here, what is the source of the information that you're about to present? Well, this information became uh, available to me or on my radar last week following a hearing with Senator Ron Johnson, uh, who was looking at sort of what he calls a second opinion on the entire response to the COVID pandemic. The medical data was released by three career military physicians who got the information from the military database that collects what we call ICD codes, which are the diagnosis codes. 
And these physicians had a feeling, they believed based on their own observation that they were seeing a significant uptick in certain conditions. So they actually went back and called the database from the military on certain conditions over a five-year period from 2016 through 2020, uh, notably uh, containing one year, 2020, of the full-blown pandemic. So they looked at 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20 at the prevalence of certain conditions, including things like heart attack, blood clots to the lung, miscarriages, those sorts of things. And they compared it to the incidence of those same things in the calendar year 2021 and saw an alarming increase in certain things. For example, they saw a 270% increase in myocardial infarction in 2021, a 300% increase in incidence of Bell's palsy and of certain neurologic complaints. So the insurance companies are starting to wake up. You know who else is waking up? The LGBTQ community. Uh, This is another interesting story um, uh, that uh, you're, you know, they're already losing, the the, the Democrats are losing the Hispanic uh, voters. They they should have lost the black voters a long time ago, but they didn't. I I don't know why that is, but um, they're going to, they're about to lose the LGBT community. Again, it's a small number, but still um, it's a voter block. And, this uh, this group, Gays Against Groomers, has uh, has basically been silenced, uh, defunded by uh, their donation donation platform for speaking up. So they were speaking up, and this guy basically said um, this. He said, uh, "We're going to take a listen to this. This is a uh, uh, was at in Conejo Valley School District. I think it was in California." A concerned father reached out to uh, this against uh, gays against groomers, asked for a, a voice of reason, and he said, "I have two students in the district in my uh, in my niece and nephew, so I answered the call." So this was this guy, uh, Mario. Uh, let's take a listen. Okay, this is guy is a gay. He's a, he's a homosexual uh, leader of gays against groomers, who's being silenced now by the left. Uh, because he's speaking up against what the KGB guy was talking about, which is basically this gaslighting uh, psyop, uh, KGB-style psyop, to demoralize and destabilize America. Good evening. My name is Mario Presents, and I'm here as a representative from Gays Against Groomers Coalition with over 250,000 followers across social media and as the uncle of two students in your district. It has come to our attention that the district intends to teach transgenderism to children under the age of 10 without parental consent. If I were to teach your child about my sexuality without your consent or involvement, I'd be arrested. But when the school district does it, it's education. Districts are teaching transgenderism when they should be teaching science, math, and language. Instead, teachers are hiding student pronouns from their parents under the guise of gender affirmation. Can you imagine the uproar if schools were evangelizing or baptizing children without parental consent? Isn't that sort of what you're doing? You don't tuck these children in at night. You don't teach them to stand up to bullies. You don't pay their medical bills. And you certainly don't hold their hands in the hospital. These parents do. 
Simple truths based in science need to be upheld for our society to flourish. The gross indoctrination we're seeing is creating a lifetime of medication and hormones because you can't simply pause puberty. Men cannot become women and sex chromosomes are encoded into the fabric of our DNA. Simply affirming a teenager's gender is akin to affirming anorexia. Both are body dysmorphic disorders, yet we don't teach the starving teenagers how to binge and purge or affirm that they are indeed overweight. However, school districts, including yours, seem to have no issue secretly teaching girls that they can be boys because they feel uncomfortable in their bodies. A grown adult woman can't get a hysterectomy without extensive medical forms and doctor's visits. But Dr. Safir over the hill in Sherman Oaks is willing to do top and bottom surgery, sterilizing children for life. Parents must be a part of the education process when teaching sexuality to students, and it definitely doesn't need to happen under the age of 10 years old. So you got great applause from that. I thought that was uh, pretty awesome. It would be really interesting to see what happens now that the trans is sort of trans community is trying with their 1% is trying to hijack the LGBTQ community. Even Bill Maher made a joke out of it and said, you know, now queer men are are the uncool uncles at these uh, big um, events that they hold every year. Uh, the gay pride parades and things like that. All right. So uh, here, you know, big things happening in, you know, in terms of in, well, in, in the Italy election and against globalists. I mean, there was about three different things I wanted to say at the same time there. But take a listen to this. This was just before the election. And they were talking about George Maloney being a fascist again, right? Voters in Italy tomorrow appear poised to make a hard right turn. The woman expected to become prime minister leads a party with roots in neo-fascism. Chris Livesay is in Rome. Italy is revered for its history, reflected in palazzos and ruins and statues. But not all of that history is beautiful, and many fear that one particularly ugly chapter could soon repeat itself. This year marks the 100th anniversary of Mussolini's historic march on Rome, plunging the country into two decades of dictatorship, an alliance with Hitler, and a second world war. So you see what they just did there, right? That's CBS. So disingenuous. But take a listen to Tucker's take on it now after uh, the results have come out and George Maloney won. Everything we stand for is under attack. Our individual freedom is under attack. Our rights are under attack. The sovereignty of our nation is under attack. The prosperity and well-being of our families is under attack. The education of our children is under attack. In front of this, people understand that in this age, the only way of being rebels is to preserve what we are. The only way of being rebels is to be conservatives. They will try to take everything away from us, but they can't take away who we are. And you know what? Cherishing who we are, knowing what we stand for, is all we need to face this challenge. She's not kidding. She's as serious as the moment we are currently living through. Our rights are under attack, she said. The sovereignty of our nation is under attack. And critically, quote, the prosperity and well-being of our families is under attack. And that's true. That's why it's resonant, because it's real and not just in Italy. It's true here. 
American families are facing the very same onslaught from the very same poisonous ideologies. The difference is that in this country, it's rarely acknowledged, except on the fringes. Maloney is not on the fringes. She's the new prime minister of Italy. She will be. And she's saying it out loud. Contrast that to what's happening in the United States. House Republicans just spelled out what they're running on. It's a document called The Commitment to America. It's fine. Probably not much in it. You disagree with it. Have you heard of it? No, you probably haven't. You probably haven't read it. Nobody really cares. Why? Because there's nothing real in it. There's not a single word in that document about the attacks on the American family that you see every day. That's at the center of most people's concerns. How are my kids? Will they have a life that resembles mine? That was called the American dream. Does it still exist? Will they be able to afford to live the way they grew up? Will they have the opportunities that we had? No. People are upset about that. Why wouldn't they be? But nobody says it. And that's odd because we know, and now it's been proven, that when politicians are brave enough to tell the truth about what's actually happening, they tend to be rewarded for it. Once again, here's the incoming prime minister of Italy. And as you watch this, ask yourself if you would vote for a candidate like this if you had the chance in our country. All right. So that clip, the clip that he's about to play is going to be spoken in Italy with subtitles. So you can't uh, see it. But you get the idea. Now, what's interesting also is these same globalists that are running, you know, trying to ruin our lives uh, can't, you know, compete with the science that's coming out that people are. You know, we need to, to do more of this. Like, for example, here, Greenland ice mass balance, 27 percent greater than the 1981 to 2010 average. What's melting? The climate hoax. So there's a chart by the Greenland mass balance. So there's more ice mass in Greenland now than there was from 1981 to 2010. How do you explain that? You know, how do you explain the carbon footprint and the regulations? One one other thing that I wanted to cover before we leave. Indian authorities to Pfizer. You can either lose 1.38 billion customers or allow an independent investigation to be conducted to determine if your products are safe and immunogenic. Pfizer chose to give up the 1.38 billion new customers. Do you get it now? Basically, they don't want to reveal what they're, they've been pushing. And they're willing to give up the entire Indian business of India. Uh with that choice. That should tell you everything you want to know about what they're hiding. All right. Well, be sure to check out our sponsor, Tactical Civics, to find out, uh, dot com, tacticalcivics.com, to find out how you can uh, take the country back locally. And uh, also be sure to check out MAGAPAC to find out how we're advancing America First policy. And use Red State over at mypillow.com. Grab a shovel, take a hold your promo code. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, right everybody. 